Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome back to the Abroad Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host Chris Broad and we're joined as always by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson himself. Pete, how the devil are you doing? What's going on? I'm good. I clearly don't look in the mirror very often because I've just noticed I've got like a little mark on my neck. I'm like, what's uh, looking oh, in the God. camera for the Abroad Japan podcast? The only time I look at myself is when we're doing the Abroad <laughs> Japan podcast. Is that weird? Very I'm, good. I just, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. I mean... Wow. You're so smart. You're so well dressed. There, you look like a 1960s talk show host in the slick hair. Um, you, you definitely look in the mirror. Come off it. I'm just. You're lying. Not really. No, no. I'm, I'm, I'm dressed in a um, Mark Henry salmon suit. Uh, you're unfamiliar with the work of Mark Henry. I already know that, but he was yes. a big um, sort of powerlifter who became a wrestler, and he's a big, big guy. But his kind of he did a big retirement speech in the ring, and he's wearing this beautiful salmon number. Uh, and I have been for years trying to find this beautiful salmon suit so I could look as good as uh, Mark Henry, sexual chocolate. Um, and he uh, and he body slams um, John Cena. Uh, he, he pretends that he's retiring and then John Cena goes to shake his hands and then uh, he, he, he slams him and, and he's back and he's going to have a fight with, with, with John Cena. Um, so that's basically what's happening here. I'm trying to look like Mark Henry, sexual chocolate. And if and Chris, you're unfamiliar about what Mark Henry looks like. Um, I think we look quite similar to those of you in the north. <laughs> really? I, re- I really wish I knew my wrestling. I watched a little bit over the Christmas holidays, and it was kind of cool. I just don't see the appeal in the sense that it's all acting, right? Extreme mm. acting with extreme pain, mm. I imagine. Uh, but you've got to admire the dedication to it. And obviously it takes incredible skill to be able to do what they we do st- and all the stunts. You know. We still need to get you to a, a wrestling uh, match, obviously in Japan. It's because uh, you, you've not really done anything sumoy, have you? And uh, I think Connor's sort of flirted no. with a bit of uh, training with DDT uh, and Chris Brooks and core. But um, I think we've uh, we will have to get you to a wrestling match uh, sooner rather than later because it's uh, it's a world that is bloody interesting when you start. It's a yeah, very, yeah. very strange um, everyman sport, I think. And and you, you look at the crowds in, in Tokyo and beyond 
Um, and it's so, it skews so female, so surprisingly female and so kind of like salary man, salary women, just, just kind of watching the match, watching uh, people doing, doing the stuff. It's, it, 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 it kind of ties in with idol culture. It ties in with nightlife. It ties in with, um, theater. It ties in with all of these kind of like, um, uh, touching touchstones that uh, you talk about in your videos and stuff. So, uh, yeah, we will have to get you to a wrestling match sooner rather than later. Well, I know Natsuki's a big fan as well. So if I was mm. going to go with anyone, I'd take him along. He'd probably love it. But he could tell you, you know, who everyone is. He knows his stuff. Natsuki's mm. a, a man who, who knows a lot more than he lets on about life, not just wrestling. If you say a country, he can reel off the the most popular 20 artists of that country. doesn't matter where it is in the world, from mm. Mozambique to Nicaragua, you say the country, he'll be like, "Oh, Terry Johnson," or he'll he'll bash it. Out. I would very much like to just shout the word Mozambique at Natsuki and see what comes out. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon love, he could do it. I'd love that. I reckon yeah. he could do it. Oh, why don't and you do that? Just favorite. for me. Next time you see him, just just get him in a room and just just list all of the the, the, the countries in Africa, <laughs> Europe. Australasia, just wherever, and and I want to have like a, a one like a one word reaction <laughs> to to every single country, and let's see let's see who we can offend. <laughs> Republic of Congo, Venezuela, <laughs> Tanzania. I'd I'd love yeah. to do that. That'll be great. He he will surprise us. He will surprise. He he's a man who knows his geography. That's ve- surprising people well. is very much in his wheelhouse. That's all he does. The man, his his charm is just pulling a reference out of his bum that 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 we just did not know was in there. Effectively, he's great. He he's 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 incredible. He really is. <laughs> I I do wonder this year. I had this idea on the back burner for years now. We were dangerously close to doing it uh, mm. before COVID kicked off, and it was like Natsuki's bucket list. And it was, we were going to travel the world and do these crazy, wacky things uh, on Natsuki's bucket list um, mm. with a little bit of tweaking because Natsuki's bucket list is questionable. It's literally, <laughs> I want to go to Camden and buy a guitar. And it's like, we're not going <laughs> to London to buy a guitar. I shit. want to shoot an elephant. Oh, you're the worst, Natsuki. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> he, yeah, it was, it was very, obs- I did ask him once. It was very obscure. He was like, I want to go Czech Republic and have beer. And it's like, oh, it could be cool. Bit random. Yeah, Don't know if there's video it. potential, but why not? You know, <laughs> could be fun. Yeah. So, uh, but then COVID happened and we couldn't travel. And uh, But I have been thinking about it recently because, mm. uh, you know, I think the most popular episodes on Journey Across Japan were the ones with Natsuki. He's still very popular. He mm. made the island video hilarious with his quips and his weird dressing up as Black Santa, whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> he, I, yeah, he he just pulls things out of the hat that you don't expect. That mm. sounds really dodgy, but he he's a man <laughs> of many talents, and I think it'd be good. Natsuki's bucket list, journey across the world. Natsuki's bucket list. What do you reckon? Should we do it, Pete? Yeah, no, or I think uh, whatever. I mean, obviously, from here, um, uh, the Czech Republic. Um, you know, Prague seems like an easy trip because it's you know it's, it's where everyone goes on their stag dudes. But like from here, it's kind of like easy jetable. But is there kind of like is there a J- Japanese kind of low cost airline that gets you to Eastern Europe no. quite easily? No, 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 there isn't. No, no, there isn't. Right, uh, okay. Turkish Airlines. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah no. Changing. I mean, even A and A. The windows are cracking, aren't they? The the window cracked this week on an A and A Boeing uh, airplane, a seven three seven eight hundred. I think Boeing. Boeing's had a bloody. Uh, we didn't week. come in to discuss Boeing. 
Boeing's had a time of yeah. it. Yeah. Did you did you see that they found like an iPhone that had fallen out the window of one of the um, planes? Like you know those, those the planes Christ. with the door that popped off, popped off. Um, they found oh, the Alaska an iPhone. Airlines flight. Yeah, and they found an iPhone in someone's garden, and it was still still working absolutely fine. Amazing. Finders keepers. Did yeah. You get to, did he or she get to keep it? I, I don't think so. I think, it's, <laughs> I think uh, they'd probably get a free iPhone maybe out of it. It's a real shame. Uh, I didn't come here to discuss Boeing, but I, I, I had a weird obsession with planes as a kid. I could look up at the sky and be like, oh, it's a Boeing 737-300. Mm. Oh, it's a jumbo. Oh, it's Concorde. To be fair, that's not hard to work out if it's Concorde or a jumbo jet. But you get the idea. I was a bit <laughs> you know I it's love Concorde, planes. don't you? I suppose oh, yeah. it's Concorde, isn't it? Wow, he's a genius. How can he work that out? <laughs> the two loudest Olympus engines in the world, deafening the whole neighbourhood. But like, I loved airplanes and um, Boeing, great company. And then they stopped being good. And now, mm. you know, the old phrase: if it's not Boeing, I'm not going. Now it's if it's Boeing, fuck going. Because lots of things seem to be going wrong. Um, I think I watched a great documentary on it. Apparently, Boeing, they moved their global headquarters from where all the engineers are in Everett, in Washington State, near Seattle, our beloved Seattle. And they moved to Chicago and it became like a corporate financial money first mm. approach over engineering, um, which obviously ended very badly with the, uh, the 737 MAX planes but yeah real shame these things keep happening cracked windscreen on an ANA flight ANA do a really good job looking after their fleet typically um, they're like one of the world's few five star rated carriers nothing seems to ever go wrong on ANA touch wood mm. and uh, yeah so the crack is very suspicious and it was only found you know a week after this door fell off another pl- just what are they doing Boeing saw it out so saw it, it out was Boeing it, was, it a crack, was it a cracked window in in the uh, in in the actual windscreen, or was it just a window down the side of the fuselage? Um, that's a good question. I think it was in the cockpit, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, um, right. let, I, m- let me more check that um, perilous. <laughs> what the yeah, bird no, pops it says, in? Um, yeah, uh, NA Boeing seven three seven eight hundred flight turns back due to cockpit window crack. Now, obviously, right. something could have come off the runway and chipped it or whatever, but it comes at a time when you know airlines around the world are checking their their planes, um, hmm. a different model of plane or bit to see if anything's going wrong. It's all just very bad. Um, to Airbus's delight, I'm sure, because they're probably going to do quite well out of this. But uh, yeah, real shame, real shame. Hmm. But enough about Boeing, uh, enough about ANA. We got a story this week from John, who says, Dear Charming Chris and Positive Pete, warm greetings from Singapore. I've been a devoted fan and recently became a podcast aficionado, relishing every moment. Thank you very much, John. Uh, my family and I are seasoned Japan explorers, spanning the picturesque landscape from sunny Okinawa to the snowy embrace of Hokkaido. However, let me whisk you away to one of our earlier escapades in Hokkaido amidst the relatively more remote regions. And keep in mind that as this happened nearly a decade ago, uh, Google Translate had yet to become the linguistic saviour that it is today. That's true, actually. We've, uh, when my friends are over for Journey Across Japan, um, Dave, Ellen, the team, everyone's mm. so reliant on Google Translate now. And right. I was amazed because usually the, the menus at restaurants every night, they're usually impenetrable kanji. And they would like bring out the Ian, good old Ian. He'd come out with his phone. He'd take a photo on Google Translate, flip it all to English and send it out to the team at the restaurant there and then. God bless Ian. What a great man. What do we do before yeah. Google Translate? What did what we, we do? do for Ian? What did That's we do? the question. What do we do before Ian? 
We mm. cried. We sat in a room and cried. Anyway, armed with the trusty JR pass to traverse the island, we assumed boarding the JR bus would be a breeze, much like the trains. To our bewilderment, though, the bus driver shook his head uh, adamantly, asserting that the pass wasn't valid for me, as I was no longer a child, even though I was only 10 years old that year. So, there we were, playing a curious game of pointing at the pass, then at my passport, followed by wild gesticulation and the repetition of 10 years old to plead our case. In spite of our best efforts, the bus captain remained resolute. At this point, we were worried about being nuisances, so we reluctantly coughed up the extra fare and begrudgingly boarded, sulking all the way. Have either of you ever encountered a situation where the locals refused to believe your age? And what, in your charming opinion... Would have been the best course of action in the bus conundrum. Love the podcast. Ten-year-old John, presumably now <laughs> about 20. Uh, what a weird situation. I know, like in Japan, people don't check your age at all for when it comes to alcohol, cigarettes, naughtiness, all that stuff. Um, clearly, they care if you're young. Uh, but like Charlotte, when Charlotte and I go to the UK, she gets ID'd at everything we do, which I don't understand why. She doesn't look that young. She looks good for her age. Don't get me wrong. But wrong. she doesn't look 18 years old. No. She doesn't look 18, right? Um, but in Japan, never had an ID issue. Nobody cares. So that's quite interesting that they get quite anal about, you know, if you're that's 10 years or younger or whatever. What do you make of this, Pete? What's going on? Was it just an t- annoying bus driver playing by the rules too hard? Yeah, I mean, I what think... What do you make of it? With stuff like that, it's... Uh... I think it, like passes like that are just so confusing anyway. I, I mean, I, I would probably just pay the difference anyway at the outset. But like the, those passes are so confusing anyway. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm surprised that the, that the bus driver. I I think the bus driver has every right to just sort of just give up and just sort of go. I'll just get on the bus. Nobody knows. Nobody's going to find <laughs> out. This is all paper based. I just get on the bus. I can't be. You know. But in Japan, they are sticklers for what is right and what is true. And what is written on a piece of paper in front of them, as you well know, as a man who recently tried to extract some money out of a bank, Chris. Yes, yeah, horrible, horrible epic. Yeah, don't ever do banking in Japan. It'll drive you up the wall. I mean, in contrast to that, though, this guy, a stickler for the rules, and then there was the man at Shinjuku Park who was too scared to ask the foreigners mm. for money, and he, he cost the park something like $200,000 or they realise that, wait a minute, why are all the foreigners going through that booth? Why is there no revenue <laughs> for this period of months? And he, he, got taken he lost off his, his pension, pension over it, sadly. Recall as well. yeah. <laughs> yeah, all a bit weird, isn't it? How he was too scared to ask foreigners for money at the entrance. Mm. I, that is, to me, that is still, after all the years of doing the podcast, one of the more baffling stories uh, that we've had. I, I think my favourite podcast story, we should do like a podcast super let's of. go through the stories yeah. yeah like a best of like weird travel stories um it's not a travel story it's a new story and it was the story of the convenience store manager who tried to rob their own store using a face mask and a silly voice and it was like it's like me going oh give me the money give me the money Pete." <laughs> and they were oh, like nice. wait a minute is that is that you, Takeshi? And he went, oh, uh, yeah, it's me. It was a test. <laughs> what a story. That is still, yeah. I'd love to make a short film of that. The world's and most bodged robbery. With, and he didn't get away with it because he basically said it was a test and none of them believed him. So the thing that got me was that he must <laughs> have exhibited test. some very bizarre behaviour 
outside of this sorry little tableau. But they, they, he must have been um, he must have been an absolute nightmare to work with. Usually, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I want to find that man do an interview. That should be that would be the documentary yeah, of the year be, yeah. on abroad in Japan. What do you call that? The man that robbed his own life. Like, <laughs> oh god, it's just confusing. Anyway, confusion. Um, but. We've been talking about planes in this episode, and yeah. today's news story actually revolves around planes and stress. Um, Japanese travellers apparently feel more stressed than other countries sitting next to strangers on planes. To be honest, mm. I feel stressed just being on a plane in general uh, recently with all these cracks and all these doors falling out. Uh, Pete, tell us what's going on. Tell us about the story of the week. Well, I think we sort of think in, in, in the West of like, who would you say like was the most like air ragey? country it's the us there's always videos because they fly more than anyone else and there's always a video of someone flipping out being racist having a fist fight doing his poo like do, doing something mad <laughs> on the plane because they're stressed out and they're overall and they're, and they're tired and all that stuff but um i mean quite apart from the scene at luton airport at six o'clock in the morning where everyone loses their goddamn mind the uk is like, so much if, better yeah <laughs> well exactly i mean the, the british we're just not we don't fly enough we're not great travelers half has done our passports and we a constantly, we get to to uh, to a, a, a provincial airport. We get to a local airport and we just lose our minds. We try to take our trousers off uh, to get through the X-ray machines. We bring <laughs> massive kind of tubs of margarine through. You're not allowed the big tub of margarine, but I want to bring through the. I have to give the margarine to everyone. Just loses their minds whenever they're faced with anyone, um, uh, you know, administering any kind of rules uh, in the sphere of sphere of uh, air travel. But. Travel provider Expedia uh, decided to take a look uh, take a look at the stresses involved with travel, um, not for any uh, as before altruistic uh, reason, just that they um, want to you know have people like us uh, mention it in their podcasts because we've mentioned travel <laughs> provider Expedia there, haven't we? Uh, they conducted a survey of travellers from eleven countries or regions uh, and found that Japanese travellers, more than any other group in the survey, said they feel stressed out by sitting next to a stranger. On an aeroplane. And uh, yeah, 26% of Japanese respondents uh, basically said about air travel, the most stressful thing is um, uh, sitting next to someone I don't know. Um, Obviously, Hmm. um, maybe the Japanese probably don't fly as much as uh, anyone else. Uh, they have an excellent transport links in, you know, into country. Um, but being on an airplane for a lot of Japanese people means um, spending a long time sitting next to someone they may not be able to effectively communi- communicate with should they need to, I don't know, get up and go to the bathroom, help retrieve a, not- a dropped item, etc. Uh, so maybe there's a, like a language barrier as well. So it's kind so we're of like... international the, the, flights, right? Yeah, like yeah, mainly. Japanese mainly folks travelling overseas. Flights, so yeah. But they, but they are also at least likely um, by far uh, in the whole world to to get into actual squabbles with people. So there's people who, uh, who get really angry. I, I'm sort of thinking, like, is there been like a a flight that you've done apart from that one where you um, flew over that big active volcano um, that has stressed you out more than others? Like, has there been someone next to you that stressed you out? Have you stressed someone out? Anyone? There's like a kid screaming next to me. My flight right. after the. Uh... After I finished the jet program after three years, I went back to the UK for a little bit. And my flight, the school really screwed me over. The school pays for your flight, right? And my yeah. friend was like, oh, yeah, my school got me like British Airways, premium economy. It's going to be great, man. Mm. What did you get? And I got economy, aeroflot, indirect, via Moscow, worst <laughs> flight of my life. 
terrifying staff. The woman on the, the air stewardess, she threw the drinks at people, just threw it at people. Uh, there was a baby in front of me screaming consistently. It was kind of impressive, really. It just didn't stop for about nine hours. <laughs> and there was a French girl the aisle over just looking so angry. And I kind of, that made me laugh. I was like, I'm suffering, but so she. We're all this together, <laughs> but it's quite funny laughing at that. And I, yeah, and then when there's turbulence on an aeroflot plane, it makes it seem like it's the end of the world. Like mm. usually, you know, the seatbelt sight comes on, it goes ding and the sign comes on. You're like, oh, I better buckle mm. up, whatever. On Aeroflot, this like really scary, just danger, turbulence is approaching. Be very careful. And it was like mm. this fucking big voice, scary voice came out and it made it like seem things were going to go awfully wrong. Mm. Didn't like that flight. And then I got to Moscow and uh, it was a brand new airport terminal. So I thought, oh, I'll be great. And then I had no Russian money with me. My credit cards didn't work. I had no access to funds and I was starving. And I just couldn't eat anything. I couldn't do anything. I just wandered back and forth across this weird terminal where there was only one toilet for like 20,000 people. There was a queue for the women's toilet so long. It was like a fucking football stadium length queue. And I was just awful. It was really bad. Yeah. That has nothing to do and with Japan did. either, does it? <laughs> but like... Oh, it was awful. Like, um, Gene, you, you thought it was um, in the height of the Cold War, so you you, you brought Beatles records and denims. <laughs> so you're like, oh, it's be fine. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> brought a yeah, Sting yeah. album. Yeah, I yeah, that was. But like, I actually read an interesting article the other day about the most turbulent flights on the planet, and actually, one of the top ten most turbulent flights was Sendai to Osaka, um, mm. which I've done. I've done many a time, and it is turbulent because it's quite a small plane that goes over Mount Fuji and the yep. Japanese Alps, which are quite bumpy. Um, but I didn't know this, but Japan actually has some of the worst turbulence in the world. And that might explain why I don't like flying, because it is pretty bad. Like, it's quite mm. a very hot, humid country, that heat rising. It causes a lot of turbulence. And the turbulence I've had here has been just terrifying. It's horrible. Mm. So maybe that's why I don't like flying, you know. And mm. being the Cessna over Sakurajima Volcano certainly didn't help either. Um, but what I will say is Japanese passengers are amazing. They get on the plane, they sit down, they fall asleep. Magic, done. No talking, no conversation. And I remember the most sort of scary turbulence I've had. I remember just looking around at everyone. Everyone's asleep. And I'm like clutching onto the chair like, we're going to die. Ah! And everyone's just like, shh. And I'm like, how can they sleep through this? How can everyone be so calm? My God, such faith in airplanes. Clearly they've never flown on a Boeing 737 MAX when the fucking doors fall out. Honestly, but yeah, bumpy ride. If you don't like turbulence, get ready for Japan. Mm. Flying over Japan. In it. I mean, in yeah, it. I mean, have you ever had a turbulent flight like that? No, I, I, um, I would say that the only kind of really... I, I find I'm, I'm little... Uh, and I don't mind. <laughs> I don't mind just sort of falling asleep for as long as I can. Uh, I prefer a window seat, so I'm out of trouble. But I remember um, coming to New York one time, and my, I the day I was on, I, I was off to, um, and I was going to do a little kind of Atlanta, Nashville, um, kind of um, New Orleans, kind of little sort of you know Greyhound bus trip with a mate. And the day before, mm. I'd. Uh, I'd I'd come home a bit worse for wear, and I made myself a pot noodle. But the pot noodle lid. Um, sort of at the last minute flapped closed as I was pouring the boiling water on 
and it basically oh, no. boiling water just poured in its entirety onto my foot um, that, that just had a sock on. And I should have, like, looking back, <laughs> I can still see it now on my foot. And it's, and it's, that was like seven years ago. I should have probably gone to hospital because there was no skin there anymore. Really? That there was, it was really, oh. it was really, it was a really deep burn. Um, and so it was oh. just um, almost immediately massive blister, like a big globy blister, which because it was oh. massive and it was on my foot, it just instantly burst. It was disgusting. Anyway, um, oh, I, 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 I sort of like rallied, sort of, you know, covered it in as much burn cream as I could and wrapped up as best I could. And, and of course, like in that situation, you want it to sort of dry out a little bit. So I sort of just had these kind of like, uh, it was the era of the ballet pump in Donaldson World. <laughs> I was wearing like white ballet pumps. And um, I I sort of I sort of had them on the flight and I was sat next to um, like a, a Hasidic Jewish family, basically. Right, um, right. And the mum was very like, um, very nervous flyer, I think. And she was, she was, before the flight, she was ringing everyone sort of saying, um, sort of, oh my God. saying uh, um, um, uh, I love this you. This is it. To everyone. And, and stuff, oh my lord! Quite, quite and um, but I basically fell asleep um, for almost the entirety of the flight, and I woke up. But because of the pressure, my foot oh. had just the, the, another blister had formed. No, <laughs> that was like the size of like I don't know, like you know those big gobstoppers you get, those giant gobstoppers. Like it was absolutely massive. <sighs> and um, I looked down, and it was almost as if as soon as I looked down, something happened to it, and it just. Exploded. Oh, fuck. Just full of water, just like a big carrier bag full of full of water. (laughs) And it went all up her leg. Oh my god. At the same time I had a had a bottle this is foul. Had a bottle of water and I sort of pretended to spill that bottle of water so she didn't think (laughs) that I just it's a hate crime. It's a it's a it's a what ten thousand miles in the air hate crime uh, against a a, a protected uh, group. Um so yeah, I was just like um Uh, you know, oh God, little man. little did she know that her, her her scary plane trip was about to get even scarier as my Bloody foot hell. burst on her. Absolutely grim. Well, I'm glad I'm not flying. I'm not going to fly next to you before. I'm not going to fly next to you ever again. <laughs> I should have been stuck at the window. Horrible that's man. Just, not my fault. That, Hot wanna, noodle, delicious, but deadly. I feel thoroughly disgusted and I want mm. to retreat to the fax machine <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in just a moment guys with your stories comments and questions in the fax machine my god ready to pop the question the jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Wow. And we're back with the fax machine. What have we got this week from our listeners, Mr. Donaldson? Hopefully a story oh, that's not quite as bad as that. My God. <laughs> well, that's going to be the text of for next week. Have you ever spilled fluid on, on someone? Has your foot ever um, exploded? Yeah. No, have oh. you ever exploded on someone? Hey, Chris and Pete, Liz and Hugh here <laughs> from Australia. Big Japan lovers and... Uh, I don't know if it's like big Japan lovers or they're just big lovers in Japan. Who knows? Um, and long-time <laughs> followers of the Bron Japan YouTube channel. We want to know what the heck the sand-flavoured foods we keep seeing in 7-Eleven uh, and other convenies for example, butter sand tree biscuits and sand flavoured yakitoris, etc. Um, even after extensive uh, Googling, we're none the wiser and more curious to know what this mysterious sand flavour is. Please help. Thank you. We love you and all of your epic videos. Now, we didn't read ahead on this one. Do you know what this sand flavour is that uh, seems to be all over oh. this kombini food? Well, it's like there's often food like baked sand, right, in stores right. in Japan. And on the surface, it looks like a terrifying food item straight out of a desert. Alas, it's just a shortening of the word sandwich. So sand is just, you know, sandwich. Right. So... I see. I see. And, uh, you know, sense. baked butter sand tree, which is, does sound ridiculous, I'm not going to lie. It's just, a, it's just a, you know, like a custard a cream. Two biscuits with a bit of cream. Yeah, it's, it's good. I don't know what the sand-flavoured yakitori is, though. That probably no. is just yakitori draped in sand, just smeared in sand. <laughs> uh, down at a beach in Enoshima, <laughs> someone getting out of hand with their yakitori skewers. That sounds wrong. Yeah. But uh, yeah, don't worry. It's not sand for the most part. It's just a sandwich. <laughs> Thank you very much, Liz and Hugh. We've got one here from Darren who says, Hello, Chris and Pete. In a recent episode on Abroad Japan, Chris visited the Oyama Shrine, which was dedicated to the Lord of the Maida Clan. Yes, I love... Uh, that was in uh, Kanazawa. Lovely old place. I think the Oyama Shrine... I saw some footage of it recently because it was near the earthquake in uh, mm. the Noto Peninsula, and I saw it like rocking really badly. Um, mm. But I think it came out unscathed for the most part. Um, this got me wondering about the clans in Japan and how relevant they are today. Do they still exist? And do they still have any power or influence? Are they similar to the Scottish clans with a clan leader that is alive today? Or is it part of Japanese culture that is lost to time? Would be really interesting uh, to hear. Love the show and podcast. I watch them in the morning before I go to work. Keep up the good work, Darren, uh, in Nuneaton, UK. Thank you very much, Darren. Um, interestingly, though, the... Uh, uh, my friend who I, I work with here in Tokyo, he saw the same video, the Oyama Shrine, the Maida clan, and he was like, oh, I'm friends with the, the Maida clan, the guy that inherited it all. And he all went, right. they worked together at like Mitsubishi or something. And he's like <laughs> this young guy, he's in his 40s, and he just runs the family business. I can't remember what the business was. It might have been food or something. 
Um, but yeah, it must be, it must, the pressure must be immense, right? You're born into this wealthy family, going back, you know, 500, 600 years in the case of the Maida clan. Mm. Uh, they're very well known throughout Japan. They used to be the richest clan in Japan, I believe. And now it's just all on you. And you have to go to lots of ceremonies, I think, and do lots of rituals and things. It's probably kind of cool. And he probably inherited an awful lot of money, probably in the tens of millions. Uh, but they do still exist. And they, yeah, they do often have to represent the family for certain things. But uh, yeah, apparently he's nice. He's a nice guy. Mm. We should go and, go and interview him, actually. Could be cool. What, About what, what do you do, mate? Fishy. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't work at Mitsubishi anymore. It's yeah. kind of a thing like, it's kind of like the you know, Boston consulting of Japan. You go to Mitsubishi, you go to a good big university, get a Mitsubishi, get on your CV, and then you go and do something good. Um, but it could be cool, though. It could be good to meet the minor clan, dude. could be fun. Find out what's going on. Find out what's going on. What's your um? What's your kind of clan? What's your Kent clan? What's it like? What's what's the, are you kind of going to be inheriting the great robot wars clan of your father? <laughs> the, the, the the robot wars craftsman, <laughs> Kent. I think I'll probably inherit a mountain of debt from Robot Wars and all the money spent <laughs> on that stupid fucking robot from twenty years ago, which I don't think exists anymore. Sadly, yes, oh, I don't a have a clan. I want to make a clan. Let's make a clan. I don't know how you do it, yes. but I want to do it. Well, people have like violence. modern day kind of like esports clans, don't they? That's that's the new form of clan. Could I rebrand the Abroad Japan following into a clan? Would that work, yeah. Pete? What would you have to do? Abroad in a what clan. Yeah. Oh, that's quite good. I, I hate that that is good. Abroad in a clan. We've got one last question here uh, uh, from Kevin. He says, uh, This is a question for Peter. Oh. No, mm. I'm left out of this one. So I don't read out questions if they're only aimed at Pete. That's uh, Kevin from Colorado, and he says, I enjoy rock climbing and mountaineering. Does Japan have an avid rock climbing? <laughs> Does Japan have yes. an avid uh, rock climbing? Yes, they climbing? do. Sorry, I'm just, uh, just <laughs> checking oh, my email. Um, at, yeah. <laughs> Does Japan have rock climbing uh, that you're aware of? If so, which prefectures are must visits for the adventurous... <laughs> Climbers, yeah. thank you, Mr. Donaldson. Yeah, yeah. I, I would. I, I'm not going to let you. I'm not going to answer this. You handle no. it. No, no. Allow me. I mean, <laughs> although a lot of people, Chris, um, traveling to Japan will come for the temples of Kyoto or the flashing lights of uh, uh, of Tokyo uh, uh, or the this? allure of, of Mount Fuji. Um, but there are actually, Chris, countless reasons why uh, climbing in Japan is a special experience. Um, <laughs> renting a car is recommended for, for a lot of the areas because they're kind of off the beaten track. Uh, but uh, yeah, Such I'm hearing good things about Mizugaki and uh, Ogawayama. Um, it, it, it's just the vast expanse of granite. Um, just a few hours drive from uh, Tokyo. A uh, lot of boulders kicking around yeah. um but 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 i do a lot of my climbing in the chichibu tamakai national park um their access and lodging points really are uh, beyond reproach so there you I go kevin question kevin. you asked the right man here yeah to be fair Thanks i don't for... know anything about rock climbing um i do <laughs> want to do a bit more mountaineering and hiking this year i really want, i'm not going to tell you where i want to go now because it wasn't aimed at me i, I get out of this one no. get a free pass no, I don't, think you, I don't think you should be allowed out uh, doing any outdoors things <laughs> in, with your tent, <laughs> your big cold tent. Oh, well, uh, God, it didn't end well last time, did it? Maybe never again. <laughs> Keep the stories, questions, comments coming into to Japan Podcast at gmail.com or down in the comments below on YouTube. For now, guys, have yourself a great few days. We'll see you right back here to do it all over again on the Abroad Japan Podcast. Have yourself 
good few days. Bye for now. Rock climbing expert. Bye. Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365 day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com